So I could just, I just want to continue with my Hilgatalma, Yudinashi, Rabbi Sosham Alter. Said about Rabbi Yaakov. But before that, now I could be. Your Achsanya is the Ebishter. All of our Achsanya is the Ebishter, but Lamais, we have this chus to be in this house. And just for one moment, just, just realize something. This is a house, it's a schus just to be in the house. Forget about, it. Forget about all the singing and the tire and the chizik. Just to be sitting in this house, Matei Shabbos, for every single one of us, that itself, it was worth coming for. If we all got up and left right now, <laughs> no emes, no we shouldn't, we shouldn't. I'm here to hear Rabbi Yaakov <laughs> as well. Maybe I'll share a few words after, or, or I'm asked to, we'll see. But Emmes, if we walked out right now, it was worth coming, just to see, see, Chevra. Here's a tzaddik that literally just a few days ago saved a life. Saved a life. I don't know how many of us could say that. Like Mamish gave life to another person. He decided to put himself in a difficult situation, go through Yisurin, to save a life and give away one of his kidneys to save someone else. Was there mine? Thomas, you're right. That's the equally true, my MS. But the mice most don't know that. No, but here we are. Wait, wait. Here we are, just like a few, a couple weeks later, and he's going to open up his whole house to all of us. He's still far from fully recovered. Far from it. Whatever he'll put on the show for us and look good, far from it. That alone just says what type of bias this is. And for him and for his Rebs and for Dani, for his Tati, for Hashi, alone, just to be here to understand the type of bias we're in, it's Kaidish Kedashim. Kaidish Kedashim. It's also supposed to be here to be with Ryakov. You know, what, what Yisrael Shema Alter said, how back then he was able to see already. So I'm the same way. You know, Yaakov, he didn't attend... DRS. But somehow we got very close already in high school. And I'll never forget, I'm ne- I'll never forget my whole life dancing together with Yaakov Simchus Torah. And it was then that I knew, just looking at, seeing his Islavis, seeing his Neshama come out in the way that he danced. Apostle to say for Torah. That's, that's MS, it's a true story. <laughs> Nobody knew till now who it was. I, <laughs> it was the two of us together probably, but that's another discussion. Don't tell Jari Hashi. <laughs> Anyways, Lemaisa, I saw it then as well. I saw it then as well. But this whole week for Rabbi Yaakov to come out and to finish this, this safer and to come to our area to share his panemios, to share his neshama, I was thinking about it earlier today. It's a little bit, a little bit like the, the Baal Shem HaKadosh. What do I mean by that? Let me just explain. For those who don't know Rabbi Yaakov yet, you're going to know him. And the Emmett is for years he's already do, been doing big things. And in Chicago, in his own learning, in the Chaburas that he's been giving, in the people he's been helping, there comes a time where you have to say, okay, it's time to, to open up. It's time to open up. So the world is lucky that Yaakov decided to open up now. Through the Sefer, through these Fabrengans, through... You'll see it's going to be much more. You're going to remember you were here tonight. You know, I have, a, I have a very close friend that's a psychologist. His name is David Mark. Some of you knows him. Made a bar mitzvah today, actually. Baruch Hashem, Yehuda. 
And we talk all the time. And he knows MS. And he tells me we talk all the time and try to find how the world of psychology is seen in the Torah. Because anything that's MS in psychology has to be rooted in Torah. Because anything that's MS in the world is rooted in Torah. And I don't know anyone who understands that more than, than Yaakov. And therefore everything in here is, is, is all Kaidish Kedashim, is all Pneumius, and he might, it might say words of psychology from different big psychologists of names I don't know, I'm not familiar with, but he is. But it's all from the Rabbani Shalom. But he was able to put this in, in writing for us, because often we don't necessarily see it in the Torah. And we need others to glean from the Torah and bring the messages home for us so that we can live our lives and not just learn Torah, but live Torah. And be attached. Be attached to the Rabbani Shalom. There's a story how Reb Shlaima, Shlaima Karbach, when he was a little boy, one time they were looking for him. He was a little boy, he was like five, six years old, and they couldn't find him. And eventually they found him on the roof of his house. Found him on the roof. And they asked him, what are you doing? Shlomo, what are you doing up on the roof? I was trying to connect to the Rabbon Shalom. I was trying to find Hashem. Such a beautiful story of this little boy. But we understand Rav Shalom later found, found Hashem. And we all have to understand that we don't need to be low by Shemayim here. Yes, Shemayim, Shemayim, Hashem, there's an image of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, but our vote is, our vote is to be attached to Udav Kabo, right here, right now. Not to have to go to the roof. Yaakov is bringing that to us. Yaakov is bringing us and helping us find that Kodesh Baruch Hu, be attached to Rabbon Shalom. And we're one, when we're one with Hashem, all that we find is Simcha, and all that we find is Bracha. This is just the way every Yaakov to share. I'm sure some of the Sefer and some of his Panimus with us. Thank you. It's hard to speak in between a Rekon speaking. Hopefully he'll speak again after. But, uh, so first off, I feel like a terrible person because of the fact that Sam is doing this right now. Because, but it's really Sam's fault because, because he didn't tell me. <laughs> we planned this whole thing without me realizing when, we were, when, when, when this was happening, what was going on. So who asks a friend to host their event like days after they donate a kidney? That's not like a very normal thing. Almost three weeks. Almost three weeks. Okay, but it probably feels, yeah, whatever. It's still, yeah. Anyway, so I'm sorry. That's my disclaimer. I had no idea. But uh, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of people here that, uh, that family of mine is here. Some old friends are here. It's really good to see. And it, it brings to mind a story that I've really been living with a lot. I'll tell you why I've been living with this and then why in particular it comes up in this context. There's a mice that I love about Baruch of Mejbij. This is like my favorite story. Baruch of Mejbij used to say about himself, apparently, that he used to say about himself that, that when I go up to Shemayim after, uh, after May of Estrim, when I'm in the Olam MS, they're not going to know what to do with me. They're not going to know what to do with me because I'm going to get there and they're not going to send me straight into Gan Eden because I'm not at Tzadik Gamor, so I'm not going to go straight into Gan Eden. But I'm also not a Russia Gamor, so they're not going to send me straight into Gehenim. So I'm going to be somewhere in between the gate of Gan Eden and the gate of Gehenim, somewhere in between heaven and hell. And I'm going to be sitting there. And the based in Shomayla, the heavenly court is going to be deliberating what to do with me. And I'll be sitting there in no man's land, somewhere between Gehenim and Gan Eden, and they're going to be deliberating what, what's supposed to be with this guy. Sir Baruch Medrash said, but I have a plan. 
My plan is that I have a unique niggin that I sing when I say Tehillim. So I'm going to start saying Tehillim and I'm going to start saying Tehillim with my song, with my niggin. And deep within Gan Eden, David HaMelech is going to hear his words, the words from his neshama of Tehillim being sung with a niggin that he's never heard before. So he's going to be intrigued. He's going to be curious. What is this? What's this niggin? Who is this person? So David HaMelech from deep within Gan Eden is going to start walking towards the gate of Gan Eden to come sit and see, see who, what's going on. And if David HaMelech gets up from his spotting on Eden and starts walking to leave, people are going to notice. So Avram Avinu is going to see David HaMelech walking and he's going, to, he's going to be curious too. So he's going to join him. And if Avram Avinu and David HaMelech are walking somewhere and Bishim Bayochai sees them, he's also going to be curious. Where are they going? So he's going to join them too. And then Moshe Rabbeinu is going to wonder where, where, where are they all going? And Bikiva is going to notice and the Vilna is going to notice and the Baal Shem Tov is going to notice and, and they're, all going to, they're all going to start pouring. They're, they're, once it happens, it happens. They're all going to start coming. And, and they're going to sit. They're going to sit together with me while I'm saying to Tehillim somewhere stuck between Gehenim and Gan Eden. And so Baruch HaMezhmer said, and at that point, at that point, sitting there singing with all these tzaddikim, with that, with that type of chevra, so to speak, sitting there, what difference does it make to me if I'm in this side of the gate or that side of the gate? It's already Gan Eden. And to me, what Baruch HaMezhmer is saying is so incredibly powerful. And it's the, it's the, the Indian, the Avodah that I've been trying to live with now. Because of what I think he was saying had nothing to do with, with Elam Haba. I think he was talking about right now, at least for me, in this world. Because I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I'm the type of person that's always thinking there could be something better. Like whatever I'm doing, like, okay, it could be better. It could have, done, could have, it could have gone better. It could have been done differently. I should have done it better. You know, I'm writing this book. I mean, it's like tormenting of like, oh, I should have done this way. I should have done it better. This didn't come out the way. Like it's, it's, it's endless. It's, it's always that there's something that could have been better. I should have ordered something else on the menu. You know, like there's always some better version out there. There's always something in Gan Eden. There's always a Gan Eden on the other side of the fence that I'm waiting to get to. And the reality is that the entirety of our lives, the entirety of our lives, we are living somewhere between Gan Eden and Gehenim. Because in this world, nothing is ever perfect. So nothing is ever Gan Eden. Nothing's ever perfect in this world. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as something being perfect in this world. But it's also never completely Gehenim Dick either. It's never completely awful. There's always something that can be found, something positive, even in, in, in the worst of things. So it's never completely Gan Eden, it's never completely Gehenim. We're always all stuck. This is what Rav Baruch Mezhbuz was saying. We're all sitting somewhere, the entirety of our lives, somewhere between the gates of Gan Eden and the gates of Gehenim. And the question is, instead of always looking to get to the other side of the gate, waiting for that to happen, when I get, you know, again, I'm speaking for myself, when, I, when I'm not working for someone else and I have my own private practice, then I'll, then I'll feel good about myself. Right? Now I'll feel like I'm legitimate. Right? But then I get there and I still don't feel legitimate. And then, so, you know, when I, when, I, when I write a book, you know, now I'll feel like, okay, now I'm somebody, right? And then I write a book and it feels like I'm nobody. And then it's like, oh, you know, when I get a tish with Arya Cohen, like, then, I'll, you know, <laughs> then I'll feel like I'm a somebody, right? And it's very hush to have a tish with Arya Cohen, but I still feel like a nobody, right? And, uh, and, and, and you know, there's always something else. And then every time you get there and you're about to, to take it, it like slips out of your hand and goes further down the field. And like, you know, when I, have a, when, when I have a certain amount of money, like now I'll arrive, you know? When I live in a certain size house, now I'll arrive. When I have a certain amount of kids, now I'll arrive. And then you never arrive, at least I never arrive. It never feels like I've arrived. And instead, the avod is to say, I'm not, uh, 
forget what's on the other side of the fence. The point is that I can make it happen right here. Instead of trying to think what's on the other side of the fence over there and what's on the other side of the fence over there, it's just where I am right now. Being in it and turning that into Gan Eden already. Turning it into the Gan Eden to the point where, 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 where at some point, if I really turn it into Gan Eden, as Rav Baruch Mezbush said, well, what's the difference if I'm on that side of the fence or this side of the fence? It's already happening right here. So as a person who struggles a lot with that Indian, I've, I've really been trying to live with that, with that idea, with that, with that Indian, that Avoda. But there's a particular part of that story that I never really thought much about, that on this trip, because I'm originally from the New Jersey area, and I have a lot, a lot of old close friends from this area, and family and friends, and, and, and I, I moved to Chicago almost 10 years ago, and I don't get to see them so often, you know? And, uh, and, and on this trip, I was, my intention of coming on this trip was to try and share some of what I've been doing and, and things like that. But what happened kind of memela from the trip, but it, it, the memela turned into the, tu- into the ikr. It was, it was, it was in, intentionally, it was a tuffel, but it became the ikr. Was that I, I just been reconnecting with like old friends and it's been the most amazing thing in the world. And because of that, what the, the, the aspect of this maisa, of Baruch HaMezhba that really came to life for me on this trip was how did he turn the no man's land between Gan Eden and Gehenim into, into Gan Eden? How did he do it? Right? So the avod is to turn where you are into being already Gan Eden. But how? How did he do it? And he did it by, by assembling a chevra. That's how he did it. The way that he said he made, that he made it to the point where I don't care if I'm on this side of the fence or that side of the fence was because he, he surrounded himself by the people that he wanted to be surrounded by. And that's, that's really what the feeling is when you're, when you're with people that, that, you're, that, that, that the connection goes so deep, so deep. And uh, to be with a Rebbe, to be with friends, to be with family and, and the new faces, but feel connected, it's, that, that's already Gan Eden right there. That's already Gan Eden. And that's really what, what the idea that I've been trying to share and sharing in, in the book and in the other things that I'm doing, that's really the Indian of, of, this, of the whole Mahalach, the attachment, the attached because what it's really about is relationships. Attachment theory is, is an idea in psychology, which is absolutely, as Rav Cohen was saying, is absolutely an MS Torah idea. And the idea, the truth is, I didn't, somebody in Chicago, or Alicia Prero, point, showed me this medrash that I didn't know when I wrote the book. And it's kind of a shame because it's like, it's mamish, like the basis of the whole book of it. It's, it's, but I didn't know it. So now I've been sharing it about pet. The medrash is, is, is amazing. So you know there's the famous Chazal, Basar Mamaros The world is created with 10, 10 expressions of speech. That Hashem created the world with 10 acts of speech. That's how Hashem created the world. But class, famously we have a problem. If you count the Vayomers in the six days of creation, how many Vayomers are there? There's, there's nine. So we're missing one. We're missing one. The Gemara asks this question. So the Gemara and one of the answers in the Medrash, which is the more well-known answer, is Bracious Nami Maimarhu. The Bresh is Nami Maimar, that the word Bresh is also somehow counts as an act of Vayomer. How is that? So that's Mepharshim discuss. But what I didn't know is that there's a second answer in the Medrash, and this is just incredible. Incredible. The second answer in the Medrash is that the extra, the tenth Vayomer is not that we missed one from the beginning of Bresh, it's that after Hashem completes the creation of the whole, the Shemaim and the Aretz and everything, and then he creates man as the last creation, Incorrect. Man was not the last creation. The last creation is Vayomer Elohim Lotov Heyos Adam Levado. 
that Hashem said it's not good for man to be alone, which I've always read. The way I, the way, I mean, I, I probably never actually thought about it, but now looking back and thinking how I implicitly thought about it, the way that I, I, I thought about it was Hashem creates the world and now Hashem is making an observation about the world, right, so to speak. It's as if Hashem is pointing something out to us. Like, here's creation. And by the way, realize it's not good to be alone in this world that I just created. So, I realize that now, so let me make, let me make man a wife to give them a relationship, right? But according to, according to this medrash, what it's saying is that that's not the way to read it. Lo tov heos adam levado, that it's not good to be alone, is part of creation. It's actually, it's a, it's, it's a creation. It's, it's a being, right? It's, it's part of the fabric of creation. It's not an observation about creation. It's not a coincidental, ancillary, marginal, oh, it turns out, it turns out, by the way, that loneliness is not a good way to be in the world that created that's not what's happening. What's happening is that Lotoveus Anulavado is part of the act of the basic building blocks of creation. That an essential aspect of the creation, the existence of the world, of the reality of living in this world, a fundamental pillar of the existence of the world is that people need relationships. Why do we need relationships? Why is it Lotoveus Anulavado? What does the Pasuk say? Why is it not good to be alone? It's a trick question. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It doesn't give a reason. And that's the point. That's attachment theory. Attachment theory, many, many, many years after the Medrash, finally came to realize, someone named John Bowlby came to realize that the most essential need that humans have is relationships. It sounds so pushit. It sounds so pushit. But it really, it really isn't. Because even if it sounds pushit, we're not necessarily so good at it. And we fall into thinking other things are really what we need. What we really need is relationships. Why do we need relationships? We don't need relationships because they give us things. We don't need relationships. I mean, that we need that also. But we don't need relationships just because they provide our needs. What attachment theory talks about is that we need relationships. Be'etzem, I think is the language that John Bowlby used. Right? That, that it's, it's mineyu bey. We need relationships for the relationship. Why is Because that's it. Because What do you need a relationship for? Because you need a relationship. The most basic need that we all have, and this is what Baruch HaMezhu is saying, how do you create Gan Eden around you? You create Gan Eden by assembling people that you love. They wanted to call attachment theory love theory. They just were afraid they would get laughed out of the scientific world, so they couldn't call it love theory. They, called it, they tried to give it some more technical sounding name, attachment theory. But attachment means love, it means relationships. The most basic need that we have, that every single one of us has, it's really very simple. You know there's like the line, like everything you need to know in life you learned in kindergarten? It's really true. It really is. That's why the holiest place in the world is the kruvim, is the face of children. And we all have a child part of us. The child part of us knows that what we really, really, really need in life is very simple. We need to feel accepted. We need to feel loved. We need to feel wanted. We need to feel that we're connected to others that we live in a state of companionship and connection, that we live in a shared experience with other people, and that we're not alone in this world. Because part of the very essence of creation is a reality of loneliness. Loneliness is not, is not just a by-the-way by the thing that it's not good for you. It's an essential thing. It's the, it's the very essence of creation. They say about Naftali of Rapshitz that he was, 
he was like a real chacham, right? He was known for being a very sophisticated person, right? And uh, I, I forgot, maybe you, maybe you know, I've seen, I saw Rav Itchemeyer bring down a couple of years ago, a Misa. I forgot who the tzaddik was that asked Rav, Rav Neftali of Rapshitz, Mehechetesi in the Torah that there's an Indian to be a chacham? It's an interesting question, Stam, <laughs> right? What's, what's the makar that there's an Indian to be a chacham, to be so sophisticated? So if Naftali Arafshitz answered, well, there's a pasuk. The pasuk says, Tamim tiyam Hashem lokecha, that you should be a tam, you should be simple. And it takes a lot of chachma to be a tam. That's the makar for chachma in the Torah. It takes a lot of complexity. Therapy is a very complex art and science, but it's actually a complexity of just making everything as simple as possible because it's really all incredibly simple. It's the kruvim. It's incredibly simple that we all, we're all constantly looking for the very same thing. We're looking to feel that we are in a state of relationship with other people, the same way that a child is. And as we grow up, it becomes so much more complicated because we complicate it and because we're, 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 we're kind of embarrassed to admit that. We're embarrassed to admit that because in our world, in Western culture, self-sufficiency and independence is seen as this incredible value this incredible value. One of the leading therapy world people right now is this person who, this woman who, who talks a lot about attachment theory. Her name is Sue Johnson. She has this line, she says, in Western culture, dependency is a dirty word. Dependency is a dirty word. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We are all fundamentally dependent. We are all dependent on each other. We're dependent on each other in practical surface level ways, but much more deeply, we're dependent on each other because we actually need relationships. But because we think we're supposed to be self-sufficient, we're supposed to be such adults that are self-sufficient and we're supposed to be independent, we're, we're afraid, we're embarrassed to talk about those basic childlike needs that we all really have. We're all struggling with the same things of insecurity and self-doubt and anxieties and not feeling, feeling am, am I good enough and am I accepted and do I have the relationships I want? These are the basic things that are all about leaning into being more dependent because when you open up about that, you can create relationships. Relationships in, in, with, with people that we don't want to show dependency, we don't want to show the insecurities and the vulnerabilities have to stay at the surface. But if we're willing to show where we're lacking something, that we actually need the other person, then we create a space for them to come in. This is like they say in the name of Simcha Bonim Pshischa, or it goes back to the Yiddish Kadosh, or it's later in the Kutzker. It's from that school, you know, that they say that there's nothing more whole than a broken heart. Why is there nothing more whole than a broken heart? The union of Lev Nishbar. Because if you can allow space in your heart, then something else can come in. But if you can't allow any space, then nothing else can come in. It's the chachma of going back to being a tam, of, of allowing the most basic thing. There's a lot more to say, but maybe if I can, I'll just share one more, one more idea on this Indian and then try and bring it out and we can sing a little more and then we can, we can hear from Khan. I thought about this for years, this question, and then uh, an idea came to me that I think might, might be true. So we say, Yeah? Right? Hashem opens his hands and gives to us. If you think of this imagery, and what do we even do when we say it? We go like this, right? The sitter says, at least. You go like this, yeah? A little bit. If I go like this to you, what imagery does that connote? If I go like this, am I taking or giving? Taking. Right? Doesn't this look like I'm looking to take? 
I'm asking you to put something in my hand. So what does it mean, poseaches yadecha, as the form of Hashem giving? Isn't that, isn't that an imagery of taking? It should be, I don't know, poshet es yadecha, like you extend your hand. But what's poseaches yadecha? As Hashem giving to us. That's not Hashem giving, that, that's an imagery of taking. That's an act of taking. I don't know, anyone think about this? I never saw anybody ask this question, but I thought about this for years. And uh, I was thinking maybe the answer, if this is right, I think it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. If you think about it, what's the greatest act of giving that ever happened in history? The greatest act of giving that ever, that ever happened in history is that a being who needed absolutely nothing decided to be a taker. Hashem. Maybe that too, but Hashem. The, the greatest act of giving that ever happened was Hashem creating the world. Because Hashem doesn't need anything from anybody. Hashem is perfect. Hashem has no needs. But if Hashem has absolutely no needs, then there's no space for existence of anything besides Hashem. There's no, there's no purpose in mitzvos. There's no reason for Hashem to give a Torah and to ask us to do things, to, to give us mitzvos and to create people and to create a world. There's no purpose to any of that. What role does any of that have? Hashem has absolutely no needs. So what role? Hashem is completely self-sufficient and independent. And if that's truly the ultimate value, so that Hashem should have just stayed that way and not create anything. I'm self-sufficient. What do I need people for? I'm independent. What do I need a world for? I don't need to be totally independent on anybody else. I don't need anything from anyone else. I'm going to ask people to do mitzvahs for me. I don't want to ask anyone to do mitzvahs for me. I'm independent. Hashem creating the world was actually kivyachal on some level, in some way, was Hashem saying, I'm choosing to be a taker. I want you to give me something. I want you to give me reach nichoach. I want you to give me mitzvos. I want you to oz lelokim. I actually want you to give me something. I want something from you. The greatest act of giving was an act of taking. Because by giving to us, excuse me, by taking from us is what gave us life. If Hashem never chose to be a taker, we wouldn't exist because there'd be no reason for us to exist. We can't ultimately understand why Hashem made that choice, but in some way, shape, or form, Hashem said, on some level, I want to be a taker. I want to be dependent on somebody else. And by doing that, He gave us life. Imagine at the end of some incredible you know, performance of some world-class musician or incredible game that you know, the best sports player played or whatever it is, or, 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 or the greatest speaker at the end of their speech comes over to you and genuinely, like actually genuinely asks you, like, what did you think of how I did? Right? Like LeBron didn't just like walk by and sign an audio. Like he actually like, asked you, like, how did you think that, you know, that, that was? Like, what did you think of how I played? Right? Or whoever, whoever it might be. Right? That's, that's an act of giving in him taking. If he's actually taking from you, if it's disingenuous and he's not taking, then it doesn't feel like anything. But if he's genuinely actually taking from you, that would be an incredible act of giving. Because you know how much chashivas you would feel in that moment? Hashem saying, I want your mitzvot is an act of taking. But that's the ultimate giving. Relationships are built on allowing ourselves to actually be takers. To actually have a lev nishbar, to actually have needs. To admit that, you know what? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all that I think that I'm not, not even that I think, I'm not all that I portray myself to be. And I look like I, I have it all figured out, but I really, I really don't. I have insecurities. I, I, I get scared when I'm alone. I get nervous about how somebody perceived me. 
I'm not, I'm not sure, am I, you know, am I really good at this? Am I not good at this? When we're willing to express those types of things because we want, it, we, we, we want other people's input, which is a form of taking, that's the ultimate giving because now we're entering into relationship with them. We're giving them a space to actually have something to say to us. And that's children. Children do that naturally. Children do that naturally. That's the tamimus, the tam. That's the kruvim. But we... We're, we're too embarrassed to do those kinds of things. That's what the Rapshitzer was saying, is it takes a lot of chachma to get back to being a tam, to be able to do that. And that's how relationships are built. That's how relationships are built within a chevra, within people. And that's what a marriage is made up of. A marriage is made up of dependency that's embraced, that's not run away from. We are, we are dependent on each other. We need each other's support. We need each other's love. And we, and we lean into that, not run away from that. I'm not independent and I'm not self-sufficient. And ultimately, ultimately, that's what Dveikus is. Because who are we ultimately dependent on? We're ultimately dependent on the Ebishter. We're ultimately dependent on Hashem. But we're not just dependent on Hashem for Parnassa and Refuah and Shaduchim and, and all that stuff that we, that we, that we daven for, which is, which is important and it's good to be dependent on Hashem for those things too. And Halavai, we should always realize how dependent we are on Hashem for those things. But it's much more than that. We're dependent on Hashem because it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate relationship that we need. The ultimate answer to lo tov heos adam levado is the dveikos that we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Because any other attachment we have, any other relationship we have is bound by time and space and it's, and it's, and it's dependent on all those things. But the relationship we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that companionship, that attachment is always and everywhere. And it's the ultimate answer to lo tov heos adam levado. But to be able to experience that, we need to lean into that dependency, to lean in to those vulnerabilities, to go back to the tamimus of being a child and being open and willing to feel all those insecurities, the lave nishbar, the crack in the heart so that there's room for something much, much bigger to come in. I think I saw this from Yaakov Meir Shechter, I'm not 100% sure, but, but he had a beautiful little ha'ara, you know, if you're reading Kriyasa Torah and, uh, and, and the Balkori gets up to a spot in the Torah and they're not sure if like, the letter, you know, is, is, is the ches, does the ches look like a ches or is it maybe missing and you're not sure if it's two Zions and is the Sefer Torah puzzle or not? So who do we call up to tell you if the Sefer Torah is puzzle? We call up a child. So whoever it was that made this ha'ara, I think of Yaakov Meir Shechter's. Ultimately, who gives, a, who, 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 has the, who has the MS to tell us this, this is a Sefer Torah or not? Is the child. It's the child, the child that every one of us holds, that everyone else contains, that hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't, it hasn't gone away. The avoda is to get back to it. The avoda is to get back to it. To, to, to not think I have to be such a chacham, but to, the chachma is to get back to the tamimus. And to, when we do that, so Hashem should help us when we do that, and I feel that for myself, I could say I feel that right now. I'm very dependent on all of you. I feel very dependent on all of you. I don't know. I don't know if this is a good book. I don't know if anything I'm saying is good. I feel very dependent, but that's a good thing because it makes me feel very close to you and it means that you matter and it means that we can be in an, a shared experience together. And, uh, and sitting with somebody who was in attachment at probably the most vulnerable time in my life. And we barely even had a relationship other than the fact that we passed the Sefer Torah together. And, uh, and, and, and you were there just like in a second. And, uh, and Sam, all the Fabringans we had back in the Heights together. And, and uh, that's the Gan Eden that Rav Baruch of Mezhbush was talking about that you can assemble if you lean into the, into the vulnerabilities to allow other people to see what's actually going on so that there's a space for them in your life. And that by doing that, you're taking, but you're really giving. And the giving is the taking, and the taking is the giving. And that, that, that assembles the Chavraya Kadisha that creates the Gan Eden for you in your life. 
So we should be zocha, Hashem should help us to always have the confidence to be insecure, to be strong enough to be weak, to be, to be, to be shalim enough in ourselves to know that none of us are ever shalim. Because when we do that, it, it, it helps us to be able to be open with others, to bring them into our life, and to feel that, that, that connection, that, that, that dveikus that we can have with other people, and ultimately, ultimately, the dveikus that we can have with the Kashbarachu.